Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Before we jump into today's episode, we would love it if you could take a moment and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you and seeing how this podcast is helping, but it also helps to get the word out for this podcast and get it into the hands of people who could also benefit from it. So if you haven't already done that, we would so appreciate that. So today what we're doing is part two of a series where we started last time where we were talking about the importance of focusing on the end goal in order to achieve our desired end outcome. But today what we're going to be talking about is focusing on the here and now and the negative effects of never being present, but then also how we can benefit from being present here and now. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to that first one and then come back here and listen to this one. So a movie came out a number of years ago that I think is a good illustration for the problem that we're talking about today. The name of the movie was Click, I believe. Basically, the idea behind it is Adam Sandler found this magic remote control and you're able to program it to help you reach an end goal. And then there were parts of life where Adam Sandler had just realized like, hey, this is boring. I just want to fast forward through this. And I want to kind of get to this end goal of me being wealthy and successful. And then through the process of that movie, he accidentally fast forwarded through all of his life. And then he ended up with that end goal of being wealthy. But then his family life was crumbling around him. And he ended up being miserable as a result of not really focusing on any of the here and now and missing out on all of the different relationships that were important to him because he was only focusing on this overarching goal. Now, I know that what we're talking about in these two episodes can seem contradictory, but really what we're talking about here is that a balance needs to be struck. We have to be able to have an end goal in mind, but then we have to navigate the here and now. And if we don't have that end goal and navigate the here and now, we're not likely to achieve our end goals. Oh man, I totally forgot about that movie. It makes you want to go and watch it. Because I do think that happens so often where we are so focused on the end goal and we miss opportunities and relationships in the present. And I think a really good example of this is in ministry. If you are a part of a ministry, it's so easy to pour yourself into that and be dedicated to that and do that with excellence where you show up on Sundays, maybe you also do Wednesdays, and maybe you do a couple Bible studies throughout the week. And that ministry might be thriving, but then you look down the road and you see 
just like Tim was talking about in that movie, that their family relationships have suffered because they've been so overly dedicated to the ministry that they were never really present for their family. And this is where you see a lot of PKs or pastor's kids who kind of do a 180 degree and go the opposite way, or they become really rebellious and go the opposite of what they've known all their life. Because although the ministry showed one piece of it and people saw one side of the coin, their home life wasn't reflecting that same joy and peace and presence that that ministry had. And so I'm actually a pastor's kid. And and my dad was the pastor of several different churches. He was also a chaplain in the Good News Jail and Prison Ministries. And he served in a lot of different ways. But I'm so thankful because I think my dad did a really good job of making sure that he was involved with the ministry, but he was also very present for our family. And one of the ways he did that was really integrate them together. And so when we would have ministry things, our family would all go. And it wasn't something that we would go kicking and screaming. And a lot of my fondest memories are us as a family serving together. And because he worked in the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, I remember doing different banquets for some of the inmates. And obviously, he always made sure that we were safe and we were taken care of. But it was such good exposure for us as kids. And I could so much see my dad's heart. And I think a lot of my own heart and compassion for people comes from my dad. Because I think growing up, I was able to see his compassion for people that were often overlooked or despised. And he really did set an example to me and to my brothers of what it looked like to love people like Jesus did. And I learned that, you know, a lot of these people in prison, there are some that are there not because they are bad people, but they made bad decisions along the way. And my dad showed that compassion and that grace for them and really walked alongside them and led a lot of people to the Lord. And together as a family, we went on family camps. And if I went on a church camp, then, you know, they would be a part of it in some way. And so I never really felt like the ministry took over our life. I felt like he set a great example and he balanced that really well with serving the Lord and also remembering that his family is also a part of his ministry. And I think he did a really good job of not being so focused on the end goal that he forgets the relationships in his day-to-day life. And so I am so thankful, Dad, if you're listening, I'm so thankful for you and the ministry that you've done and the example that's set for me. And, you know, that was my experience as a pastor's kid. But the same idea applies to work. When you are so focused on climbing that corporate ladder and getting that promotion and getting the next promotion and going along the way that, you're coming home later and later, or that you don't have time anymore to date your spouse or go to your kids' soccer games. And I know that there is a sacrifice. I understand that there has to be a sacrifice. And a lot of times you are working for the family. But it's not that you have to show up to everything. But when you are there, be present and don't miss, you know, the little interactions that happen throughout the day. I think something that is easy to miss is that the end goal requires a thousand different things that you have to do in the here and now. And so if you're thinking about work and wanting to achieve great things later on, a lot of times it requires things that seem insignificant right now. 
but that over a culmination of time end up building up and becoming something very significant. But I think a lot of times people really discount the here and now because those actions seem so small. But in order to get anywhere, you have to take that first step, and then you have to take the next 10 or next 15 steps. But focusing right now on the here and now, what am I doing right now? What is this first step that I'm taking? What is this first action that I am taking? And it might be something even as simple as like, if you want to move up the corporate ladder, kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode, if you want to move up that corporate ladder, it may be something as simple as just smiling more at people at the office. And it may seem small and insignificant, but it creates more of a connection between you and other people. And that connection then makes it more likely that you might get noticed or get a promotion or something along those lines. People really miss how the small actions that we do today can create dramatic effects later on and down the line. And almost always with any goals, it requires that intentional time right here and now for you to ever achieve them. Because the hard thing about goals is that they're theoretical. They're so far away oftentimes that they almost seem fake. They almost don't even seem real. But then if you're taking actionable steps right now, that might move you one one thousandth of the way towards it. At least now you know, hey, there was a step that was taken. Something that is not theoretical actually happened here and today that can help make you feel motivated to continue on to achieve that far off goal. Or another thing where people get lost in not focusing on the here and now enough is with marriage. Because one of the things is with this idea in fairy tales of, and then they lived happily ever after. Well, that happily ever after is a constant effort in the here and now of what you're choosing to do in this moment or in the next moment. And it boils down to, am I going to choose to do this good thing? Or if I have made this mistake, am I then going to try to recover and fix or repair this mistake that I made? Or am I just going to barrel through and pretend like I didn't make a mistake? So a good example of this happened the other day where I made a mistake with Ruth and then I made a choice to try to correct it later. Ruth was reheating something in the air fryer and then one of the kids distracted her and she had to go help them out with something. Then she forgot about her food she was reheating in the air fryer. And then when she came and showed me the charred remains of the food, (laughs) I said something to her that I've never said to her in our 15 years of marriage. And like thinking back, I'm like, why did I even say that? But I said, oh, typical Ruth. Now, that was a nasty thing to say. I didn't mean it to be nasty. I wasn't really trying to like hurt her feelings or whatever. I was actually trying to be kind of playful. But when I said it, I was like, um, I don't think there's any way like that people are going to receive that in a good way. And so I got self-conscious about that statement. Now, Ruth didn't react negatively to that at all. She was very gracious about it. But then I didn't immediately try to recover or recoup from that. I just kind of got embarrassed and felt ashamed that I had said that. And then I kind of avoided talking about it until I think a full 24 hours later had gone by. And I just walked up to Ruth and I said, hey, Ruth, remember when I said typical Ruth the other day? And she's like, yeah. I said, yeah, that was me. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry for saying that. And it was something where she didn't have to prompt me. She didn't have to say that. Now, I did wait 24 hours, which wasn't the greatest thing. But I recognized, hey, this is kind of bugging me. This is eating at me. And I said something not nice to her, something that's totally out of fashion for how we engage with each other. And so then instead of just letting it lie, I wanted to correct it. And in the moment, as opposed to kicking it down the road or thinking it's not such a big deal, But even just in this moment, setting the tone for, hey, this is not an okay thing. I acknowledged I made a mistake by saying this and I shouldn't have said that thing. And even though there wasn't necessarily any outside pressure from her about doing that, recognizing this is choosing to take one path or another path in our relationship. 
and I want to take the path where I doubled back and I corrected the path that I went down and started moving down another path by taking accountability for my inappropriate actions in that moment and then trying to let her know, hey, this is not the way that I want our relationship to go. Yeah, and that was such a great thing for you to do because it really didn't bother me in the moment. I think I probably did have some negative self-talk at that point, but I probably agreed with you like, oh yeah, he's right. Typical Ruth, I get distracted and, you know, I'm not able to stay on task with it. And so when I think back to it, it didn't really bother me, but by him coming back and correcting it, that was an opportunity that he took that really impressed me. And so just that one interaction, you know, was a deposit into our love bank. And so that was such a great thing for him to do. And I think that happens often in marriages where maybe someone makes a snide remark and the other person doesn't necessarily blow up. So in a sense, they think, okay, I got away with it or it doesn't really matter. So I'm not going to go back and, you know, cause a fight by addressing it. And they kind of just let things lie. And what happens is those are little withdrawals that you're taking. And maybe it's just a couple cents here and there or a dollar here and there that you're taking from the love bank. But over time, that's where we see people in marriage counseling and they're in the red because little jabs here and there have just drained their account. Where Tim was trying to be playful and he felt convicted by it and he felt that doesn't sit right with me. That's not the kind of husband that I want to be. And so he intentionally brought something up that maybe could have caused the fight, but he did the right thing and he chose and he took the opportunity to correct something that actually deposited into our love bank. And I think people can get caught up in the idea of, hey, well, I'll fix that later or this wasn't such a big deal. But who you want to be later is made up of what are the small choices and actions that you're taking today. If you're not taking these small choices and actions today, the probability you're going to do them later gets smaller and smaller. You know, I shared the story recently about the middle schoolers that I worked with, and they would always tell me, well, their grades don't matter now, and then they'll change later. But the kids who didn't take that action now to change almost exclusively weren't able to turn that ship around in high school because they had set a pattern in the here and now, and then later on their goals of totally shifting direction were much more difficult than they had originally anticipated. And so taking those actions when they're relatively small makes it much easier later on. So there's a saying, it takes time to turn a battleship, meaning like it's not going to turn on a dime. It takes time and effort, and it's going to be small degrees of change till eventually you turn that battleship all the way around. But when you're thinking about your life, that's very much how it is. I have to take these small degrees of change, and when I'm taking these small degrees of change, that's when I'm going to finally be able to turn the direction that I want to go. But that requires that effort and that focus and that intention on the here and now. The last area that we want to apply it to is just parenting. When we are so focused on the end, we miss out on the journey along the way. And we miss out on all the opportunities that could have been taken along the way. And this could be a long period of time, right, where you are looking at the end of, oh man, once the kids are out of the house. Or it could just be on a shorter term, just day to day, where it's like, oh man, I can't wait for the kids to go to bed tonight. Where you're so focused on getting the kids to bed that you miss the little opportunities along the way. There's a study that I heard a while ago, and it was talking about parents being on their phone. And 
you know, they were in the room and they had the kids playing. And the researcher counted how many times the children looked up at the parents, but the parents were looking down at the phone. And even if every once in a while the parents looked up, they didn't always catch the children. So oftentimes the children would look up at the parents and see that they weren't looking at them. And I think that happens so often in our culture where it's such a normal practice to be on your phone all the time that you miss these little tiny opportunities where, you know, maybe they drew something and they look up at you and smile because they're so proud of themselves. Or maybe they just did a cartwheel and they look up real quick to see if you were looking at them. Or maybe even you're watching a movie side by side and there's a funny part in it where you could look at each other and laugh together, but instead you're looking down at your phone. And so it is so easy to think, okay, once these kids get to bed, then I can relax. Or once these kids are out of the house, then I can do all the things that I want to do. Or even that idea where you are so busy with the kids and doing all these daily things that you feel like, oh, I don't have time to do the things I want, where you feel like, man, I'm missing out on life. But you have to realize this is your life. This is your life right now. Where you are, enjoy that process. And I understand that it is not always enjoyable. And that's okay. In those moments, there are times where we just have to kind of get through it. But for the most part, don't miss the little nuances of the day that could build that relationship. And I know that for me, a lot of times, I think in big chunks of time, I need one hour to sit and be able to read my book. When really, you can finish a book by picking it up and reading two pages a day, or even reading one paragraph at a time. Or where we think, okay, if I have an hour, then I can take the kids to the park and they can play. Or I'm so tired right now, I don't really want to throw the ball with you. But we don't have to commit to these huge chunks of time. Even if you say, hey, Caleb, let's go outside real quick and let's just throw the ball for five minutes. If you do that every so often, those five minutes of connecting is way better than waiting for an opportunity where you have an hour or two hour time to be able to do things with your children. And I can see that Tim's mom, my mother-in-law, does this so well where our son Caleb loves to play board games. I think board games is his love language. And so he will constantly ask, hey, do you want to play this with me? Do you want to play this with me? And she is so good about saying, okay, let's play for 15 minutes. Hey, I have to do this. But after lunch, we can play for 15 minutes. And instead of feeling like I have so much to do today and I have so much all week, she takes those little chunks of time to be able to connect with him. And he thrives on that and he loves that time with her. And so it's the same thing with your children that instead of focusing on that end goal and missing the journey, take every opportunity that you have to enjoy the journey. Look around and Laugh as much as you can. Laugh with your spouse or your children or your coworkers. Laugh with the people in line. These are all things that add to the journey. So just to recap, the basic idea behind today's episode is that the day-to-day really matters. Taking steps towards your end goal may look very insignificant or unhelpful. But again, if it's one one-thousandth of the way there, you have to take all of the one-thousandths to make it all happen. So when you're thinking about these things, do they really matter? Are they a big deal? Whether it's spending time with your spouse or correcting a mistake with your spouse like I did or 
if it's spending time with your kids, or if it's saving up a dollar towards retirement when you don't have very much money, or if it's putting in a little bit of extra effort in a project at work or something like that. These day-to-day -day moments, these day-to-day -day interactions, these really do matter towards that end goal of your life. And if you don't take time to address it or enjoy things in the moment, life will just pass you by and then it won't be anything that you've wanted it to be because life is happening, just like Bruce said, in the here and now, in the moment to moment. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.